In Jesus' name, amen. I've been trying to think all week of how I can ease us into this evening's message. Because the message that we hear in Isaiah 11, but even more so in Isaiah 10, is not an easy message to hear. And so I was thinking all week, what kind of cute and funny story can I tell to ease us into this, or what uh, nice-sounding anecdote can I share to not make it sound so harsh? But I, I think what I realize is that, like Isaiah, I, I need to just come out and say it. And that is the, the, the harsh reality that we are confronted with by Isaiah, through God, is that, that apart from God and left alone in our sin, we are dead. Now, that's a harsh reality of the Christian faith, that apart from God, left alone to ourselves, we are worthy of, of death. Um, and I think there's a piece of each of us that kind of rebels against this idea, or it's hard for us to truly grasp the depth of this problem that we have. Because the truth is that for most of us, we would like to think that there is something inside of us worth redeeming. Like there is something good in me that God would look at and be happy with and considered to be worthy. And none of us likes to think that apart from him, left alone to ourselves, that we are dead. But the scriptures from start to finish make this clear. If we're familiar with the New Testament, we know in places like Ephesians 2.1, Colossians 2.13 says that uh, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. This is a, a reality of the Christian faith, but a, a one that if we are being honest is hard to admit or hard to come to terms with. Some of you know, I've shared it here before, that I, I worked for a number of years in a coffee shop. And there was this one man who came in. He came in every day. And he was one of these guys that always liked to joke around and kind of poke fun at the employees. All good-naturedly, of course, and we took it as such. And he came in one day, and he's joking around, and we're having a good time, and we're talking. Somehow church comes up, and I tell him what church I go to. And he says, oh, oh, I used to go to that church. I grew up in that church. I said, oh, oh, that's great. I haven't seen you there. He said, oh, no, 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 I haven't been there in a long time. He said, I, I used to go there, but they were always bringing up sin, and they talk about it every week. And the pastor even got up there one day and, and said that our sin makes us worthy of, uh, of death. And he said, you know what, I grew up in that church, and, and I would look around at the pews and the people next to me, and these were friends of mine, people I grew up with, and, and these were good people. Sure, far from perfect, we all have our flaws, but these are good people. They haven't murdered anyone. They weren't hanging out in gangs. These were, these were good people, and, and how could we always be talking about sin? And he said, now I found a church that never talks about sin, and everyone's just happy all the time. And even as I tell that story, it's, it's easy for me to kind of characterize him. But the truth is that there's a part of each of us that is just like him. There's a part of each of us that uh, rebels against the idea that the left alone uh, to ourselves, that we are worthy of, of death. And uh, it's not an easy message to hear. Because the truth is, none of us likes to admit that we have a problem, right? And this is not just spiritually. Uh, it's the same when it comes to our health. There are plenty of doctors, nurses working in hospitals all over the place that will tell you that a lot of pain and suffering could be avoided if people just admitted they weren't healthy, admitted they have a problem, and, and sought treatment. And that a lot of lives could be saved if people would just come and get the help that they desperately need. I have a friend of mine who had a, a tumor growing on his leg. And we were taking a, a bike ride one day, and he was telling me about this. He, he was sharing with me how his wife was kind of pushing him to go to the doctor to get this tumor looked at because uh, she was really worried about it. And I said, oh, can you, 
mind telling me where the tumor is? And he said, oh yeah, it's right here. And we were biking at the time and I looked down and he had this bigger than tennis ball sized tumor sticking out of his shorts. And I thought, oh my goodness, you have a problem. Why don't you see that you need to go get help with this? But, but there's a part of each of us that uh, um, often pushes our, our problems and our pains to the sides and, and thinks, oh, we can overcome this. It's not that big of a deal. It's easier to just kind of brush it under the rug. And, and yet it was only when that man came to the point where he realized that things were off and that he needed help, it was only then that he began to receive healing. And, and you see, it's only when you and I realize the depth of our problem that we are not just sick, that things aren't just a little broken, uh, but that we are dead in our trespasses and sin. It's only then when we see the depth of our problem that we will begin to see the depth, even greater depth of God's goodness and begin to find the healing that we so desperately need. And so today's message from Isaiah, it's like God is sending Isaiah uh, to be the doctor making the home visit to speak into our lives, to, to wake us up to our true condition, to remind us that, uh, that things are far worse off than we ever could have imagined. In Isaiah 10, in the beginning of Isaiah 11, uh, Israel is described as a dead, rotting stump of a tree. It's a pretty harsh image that Isaiah lays in front of the people. He, he says that at one time, Israel had been this vibrant, alive tree that was growing and bearing fruit, but because they rejected God and walked away from him and, and turned their lives over to their sin, that God cut his tree down, and now Israel, the chosen people of God, were nothing but a dead, rotting stump. I can only imagine what Israel was thinking and feeling as they heard that message. Can you imagine that? Knowing that your creator, the God of the universe, had cut you down and left you for dead as a result of your own sin and rebellion. And that's the message we hear today. And you can only imagine the hopelessness they must have felt, right? I mean, what hope does a dead, rotting stump of a tree have for life? Not much. I can only imagine the, the powerlessness they, they must have felt. I mean, there's no power in a dead stump. I can only uh, imagine the rejection they must have felt. The, the God of the universe, their creator, had rejected them. I can only imagine. But, I, but really, I, I think we can imagine what that feels like, can't we? I mean, even if you don't buy into this Christian idea that apart from God on our own that we are dead in our sins, I think that all of us know what it's like to be hopeless and powerless and rejected. I think all of us have had times in our lives where we feel completely hopeless. We look at our lives and the situations we're in and, and we look to the future and we see nothing to hope in. We, we see no chance that tomorrow will be any better than today was. Or we would look at our lives and we see how powerless we are. If we are honest, we would see that we are not in control like we would like to think we were. Uh, when the cancer comes or the addiction comes back or, or the, the death surrounds us and takes someone we love, we, we are reminded that we are not in control, that, that we are not as powerful as we would like to think we were. I think all of us have felt rejection. Maybe you're here today feeling rejected by God because of the circumstances of your life and, and the hurt and the pain that you're going through and you think to yourself, God must have rejected me uh, to put me in this situation. Or maybe it's just the rejection of family or, or, or friends and, and you feel rejected for reasons that you can't even remember, reasons that don't make sense to you, you feel rejected. And, and all of us, I think, understand hopelessness and powerlessness and rejection. And I think all of us are, are looking for, at one time or another, a little bit of hope, a little bit of strength to make it through today, and, and the acceptance 
that we long for. You see, brothers and sisters, that is exactly what God gives. In his promise today, we have the promise of new and everlasting life. Again, maybe you don't buy into this idea that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, but maybe you, are, you do long for a new start on life. You look at your life and in the situation you're in and you long for a new life, and that is exactly what God gives. And out of that new life comes something to hope for, comes a strength to make it through today, comes an acceptance by your Savior that only he can give. See, it's there in Isaiah 11 that God promises new life. He says this, this dead, rotting stump of a tree, from it will grow a, a shoot, a, a branch will come forth, a branch that will grow into this alive and vibrant tree that will bear fruit and, and continue to grow. God is saying that out of the midst of death, he promises brand new life. That's the kind of God you have. A God who has the power to conquer death, who has conquered death for you, who has given you new life by sending his son to die for you so that you might live forever with him. And I don't know about you, but some days it seems to me, it feels to me like that promise of new life is all we have. <laughs> it's all that we have to hold on to. Uh, just today, I, I felt that. The, the reality that, that all we have sometimes is that promise of God that that we have new life in him. I, uh, I went to visit a man in the nursing home. And uh, it was one of these nursing homes that you, you would probably not choose to live in. It had that smell that certain nursing homes have of stale air, a combination of uh, chemical and natural odors. Um, I went up to the, the, the room where I, I usually meet with this man, a, a large room that was largely empty, except uh, for the man I was meeting with and his one friend and the TV blaring full volume over in the corner. And I, I sat down with him and very quickly realized that he was in a fog that wasn't going to be lifted. Uh, he didn't seem to, to quite understand what was going on. He recognized me at first, but then was fading out and uh, didn't really have much to say to me that day. And, and so we sat there and we, we read our Bible together and we said some creeds and prayers with one another trying to call back some familiar words for him. But as I sat there, I very quickly realized that the only thing that I had in that moment, the only thing that I could offer to him uh, was the promise of eternal life by faith in Jesus. I couldn't promise him that tomorrow was going to be better today because the truth was it probably wasn't going to be. I couldn't promise him that the fog would be lifted and life would be great and he'd come to a clear understanding and be able to speak because I don't know if that will happen. I couldn't tell him that where he was living was great and I was happy he was there because that wasn't true either. I, I left that room with the profound realization that sometimes all that we have is the promise of Jesus of everlasting life. And so I sat there with him uh, at the end of our time knowing that I wanted to say more but unsure of what to say. Maybe you've been in a situation like that knowing that I wanted to give more, but I thought to myself, what do I have to give? And after reading this promise of Jesus, the only thing that I could think to say was, you know, Bob, Jesus loves you, and he has eternal life for you. You know that, right? Jesus loves you, and he has new life for you. You know that, Bob, don't you? That, that Jesus loves you, and in him you have new life. Uh, brothers and sisters, even when it seems like you have nothing else, 
When you look at your life and it seems like everything you thought you could count on, everything that you put your hope and your security in has been taken from you, you have God's promise of eternal life. Even when you are surrounded by death, you have a God who brings forth new life. In Jesus' name, amen.